All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Drop. You are in the middle of our four-year consideration series. And joining me today is Jonathan Paul Green, production designer on Atlanta. FX presents Atlanta. My personal favorite of the past year, past several years, uh, I am a little overwhelmed with excitement here, so I ask your forgiveness in advance, Jonathan. I have so many questions, like I'm sure every Atlanta fan out there. Let me start really simple here, though. Four years in between seasons, how much of an opportunity did you have uh, between you know, the previous three seasons and getting a script and then you were all over Europe this season. So how much prep time did you get with these scripts before you started hitting the ground? Well, we originally started in 2020 and kind of just as COVID hit. So it was put on hiatus for about a year. Um, so, um, I kind of already started getting my head into uh, what was going to happen. And we had some early scripts back then as well, because we started scouting for some of the, um, some of the London locations. And also because COVID was suddenly becoming a thing, we were thinking about trying to scout some other locations in London that might double for Amsterdam or Paris um but in the end it kind of it, it it never happened so for even tarar for example how how much time and i just assume their writer's room is maybe running behind sometimes and so you don't always have that information but obviously this was living in donald glover's head for a long time did you have tarar well in advance or was that kind of a run -up? no Actually, funnily enough, that script was called something else and it was quite a different story. And uh, it then evolved and became Tarar. And um, and then I got that script amongst all the others at the same time. Tell me, was it, I mean, like I kept wanting to call it Le Mans, you know, obviously the hands. And it was so incredibly French. It was just so incredibly French. All the little locations getting that shot well can i ask you was that an actual practical shot did you film the eiffel tower or did you have to film a yeah. green screen no no that was all for real yeah yeah we shot all of it in paris i'll be doggone well and also another thing that struck me uh and and you're probably the best person to ask about like easter eggs on some of these because obviously we don't see paperboy but we see him on the posters how much That's of right. that did you plan to work in during these episodes? Because there were so many bottle episodes this season. There is, yeah. I mean, we tried to um, show some of the history of Atlanta throughout the, all of the European shows. So in um, in the cafe in Amsterdam, we had, you probably would never see them, but we had lots of stickers that were kind of relating to previous stories from previous seasons. Uh, you know, we had a Clark County sticker and, and various other stickers. And then you also might spot in uh, Terre, the there's a billboard poster um, about the game Hooch Coots, which was from season two. And uh, we 
we just had a lot of fun trying to incorporate some of those little things that the fans would spot. It's amazing. Well, kind of going back to um, some of the windows and there's, there's not a whole lot of driving in this, but there's enough where I wanted to ask if those were practical or if you had to film with green screens or LED for driving plates, or was that all in car? It was, they were all practical driving shots. So it's, yeah. How did that Yeah, we work? really tried to make make the most use out of all those really fabulous European locations. With um with the and forgive me, uh the Tupac episode, that's how I remember mm. it. <laughs> yeah. How how did you come up with, you know, and just so everyone's aware, I do spoilers here. So if you're watching the drop and you want to hear the backstory on these shows, I do spoilers. But how did you guys think of that netting that comes down over his head? Where did you even begin to shop for or construct that? Yeah, so uh, that was, oh, I love that sequence. I mean, when I read it the first time, it's so shocking. And I just thought, I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking, how can we kind of not telegraph what is going to happen to the audience? So I came up with a design that I, I showed to hero initially and then that was shown to donald and they both absolutely loved it because they weren't expecting anything like that in the script it just read that when a button was pressed some plastic came over his face and pulled tight around it and i i felt that that was although it's whatever happens is going to be a sudden jolt for the audience but i just wanted to kind of build something a bit more crazy into the mechanisms so that it wasn't just laying in bed and then suddenly so came up with the idea of um having like a canopy bed and then i originally this didn't happen but i originally designed a cuckoo clock to be above it and when the button was pressed the cuckoo came out which set off this little wood chopping man chopping a cord and then that made the canopy slowly descend so I went a little bit crazy on that one there are just so many little details that you guys worked in yeah. here but before I jump into um the the house with the tree and 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 the mm -hmm. whole of Amsterdam but this was our first experience really with Van and so can you kind of walk me through any conversations that you guys had with how her journey would it's so um, jarring in a way to like start there. I mean, I've already watched the whole season like four times already. And to meet her there where it's just kind of, I'm in Amsterdam taking a break. And then to where she ends in Paris, mm -hmm. both from baguette to that final scene on the bench. But how did you guys approach each portion of her story, especially with, that's the most van that we got from previous yeah. seasons was there when she arrived in Amsterdam. Were there any conversations of how you would have to position her or, you know, working with costume or how were you helping show that arc? It was quite clear from the scripts that we were given that, uh, you know, she, she was kind of outside of her usual comfort zone. And so, you know, like with all of them, we just tried to create a really believable and interesting world for each episode. 
So let's jump ahead to the finale then. You mm-hmm. had so many locations, <laughs> you had so many locations. So from the underground kitchen, her apartment probably actually messed me up the most because it looked so well lived in already. Yeah. And uh-huh. she's been there for a few weeks. And yes. it's like, but it looks like hers as opposed to Marcel's and she's already got the wine. How did you build that environment to that? That again was kind of jarring. Like, wait a second. She's got a whole new haircut that I can deal with, but she yeah. got a whole path. Yes. Whole new life. So we did talk about that quite a lot actually about how well lived in her apartment would be. And we kind of settled on the idea that she, uh, had moved in with her boyfriend and that there had been a life previous to her being there so it we we ended up trying to make it feel as if it was a very lived-in kind of place and how about that kitchen (laughs) yeah reveal was so great with the hands and hanging with the carrots but tell me about that because that felt like a very it it both felt like a big kitchen but also had to have been cramped with the cameras and everything yes yeah um we had a lot of fun with that actually just kind of working out how we would present the hands what they would be made of because we had a few different types we had some silicon casts of real hands and then we actually made up some edible hands that were and, and we, we had an interim one, which was a silicon hand covered in batter that we could put in a frying pan and fry over. Um, but the ones at the very end were made, uh, I can't remember what we made them out of in the end, but it was something vegan, weirdly. Um, <laughs> so they could be eaten. Um, but yeah, it was there was a lot of fun. And the kitchens, I believe we shot in two different kitchens, for various reasons, scheduling and location. Um, and we kind of married the two together okay but also let's move into the museum how much fun did Shanice have breaking a vase yeah yeah that was great as well and that was that was a replica cast of um uh, an antique vase that um we we hired it from a, a from a prop house and took a mold from it and made a breakable a few breakable versions of it and we shot that in a real museum as I'm sure you can tell uh which was yeah it was fabulous and it was quite a tricky one to do because being in a museum with priceless artifacts and artwork we had to be really careful what we did and we had to protect the floor and we had to use something that wouldn't shatter and hit anything else in the room so yeah it was quite quite tricky but uh lots of fun to do and just a rogue baguette being swung around that had to be terrifying yeah yeah, and we we uh, obviously made a, a fake baguette as well as having a real one to perform in its various functions. So let's go back then to Amsterdam. Another Herculean challenge with so many locations because of his experience with Lorraine. And can you tell me if if you're involved with lighting design and like the scope of it and how that's going to apply with the production space that you're creating? Mm -hmm. I don't get too involved because that's down to our cinematographer who was Stephen Murphy who was really fabulous to work with 
but we do work very much hand in hand and figure out the best ways of achieving scenes and um you know i'd obviously help him embellish the scene with practical lighting uh, as well and a lot of the scenes that we shot were lit mostly by practical lighting um so getting that look as well as the practicality right was quite important um and then when, when we did uh, counter attack that was basically all a set build so all of that lighting was uh, part of the set well sticking with that for a second the concert venue uh, was mm -hmm. that all one thing because you have the promoter up like on a bridge and then there's the lobby and then you peek yeah. out into the crowd and then there's a whole you know underground or back room story going on was that one location or several uh that was two locations um well it was actually one location with a set build within it so we shot a lot of the, there's a, a venue in london called alexandra palace and they had this wonderful old theater space that um was kind of recently discovered and renovated and uh when we were out scouting we were looking for um the office space and the green room and we couldn't quite find anywhere that worked and then when we went into the theater i i immediately thought the you know the walls were so fantastic and i thought okay let's use one of the walls and build a set to match this lovely distressed plaster and create the spaces that we need within the auditorium of the theater so that's basically what we did so the stage is a real stage and then to one side of that that you obviously can't see during the stage performance we built this huge set which had all the corridors and the green room and the manager's office all all in in that and then we used some of the exteriors for the exterior shot at night and the bridge and um the um the coach and things like that <laughs> well speaking of crazy brains because everybody kind of gets their own uh showpiece episode except earn really um mm -hmm. other than unless he was the foster kid but um how did you kind of build i mean obviously van especially there's this whole world that you had to create to tell her story but in each of these these moments did you have kind of profiles for each character or how did you approach kind of allowing them because obviously too even though it's a drug trip and darius is kind of a part of it Lorraine is really kind of his mom and he's going through all of yeah. this. Where did mm -hmm. you begin to kind of flesh them out? So much of it's on screen for them. Yes. Well, I mean, we we did get some kind of a backstory, but a lot of it is kind of based in what has happened in previous seasons. And I think that what was great for me is that the season, because it was set in Europe, kind of all bets were off and you could, you know, we could go anywhere with it. And um it was such a fabulous blank creative canvas that it, it was really enjoyable to kind of create these create these worlds within these episodes obviously a lot of them were you know based on the location and the country we, that we were in but um as you say there's you know the backstory with van living a new life in paris it definitely felt like 
previous seasons of Atlanta, all of the characters were in Atlanta and all of the kind of things that they had to deal with were very much American centric. And I think what was lovely is that all of those issues of, of race and everything else that comes along with that kind of, it's not just particular to the United States, you know, it happens throughout the world. And I think it was great for them to be able to kind of like take the fish out of water and put them into a completely alien environment, but still have the same kind of issues to deal with. Well, actually you were, you were on white fashion, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Tell me about building that because that was almost a bottle. I mean, obviously you have paperboy, you have Darius, but especially with Darius. So that felt even more like his world. How did you, let me figure out how to better phrase that because you had to build in his, his Niger backstory and find a Mm -hmm. location that, you know, you could bring those pieces out. And then really that kind of devastation of then seeing this food truck. Um, But then this huge, giant, beautiful experience with the fashion designer just kind of talk me through building those worlds and the locations that you found for them. Mm. Well, we were really lucky with the location for white fashion, for, for the fashion house. Uh, our location manager founded uh, this amazing uh, converted jailhouse that was being, it's been kind of renovated to, it's about to open as some kind of a I'm sorry, did a, you say like a converted a jailhouse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and um it was just being done up and it's going to open as a club and a restaurant and you know like a soho house type of venue um and because of covid it wasn't open to the public otherwise we probably would never have had the chance to get in there um but we got the opportunity which you know many we had many opportunities because of covid to shoot in places that we wouldn't normally have been able to shoot in and um yeah ian found this amazing building that we shot in and i mean the walls were as you see them on on the show and uh, we obviously bought lots of dressing in to turn it into a fashion house and furniture and things like that but it was the most incredible location so yeah, it really kind of set the scene and set the tone for that episode. So back to the practical lighting. So both for here, because it was beautiful, very much felt like natural sunlight was coming in through those windows. And then all the way back to Amsterdam and Paperboy kind of sinking in that alleyway. Uh and the club where they were going to bring him up, but Lorraine takes him out. There were so just how, how do you partner with the DP and even the director and Donald to Mm -hmm. kind of bring that together, especially if you're saying so much of it was practical. Forgive me in the pedestrian ask, but that sounds incredibly hard. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, down to the brilliance of Stephen Murphy, DOP. Um, Sometimes you just get lucky and you get a team of people that work really well together and 
are all on the same page creatively and you know that's when you can create magic and um Stephen was great to work with lots of fun very creative guy knew what he wanted and really you know going back to the directing hero Mirai I mean if you ever get the chance to work with one of the nicest directors in the world that is it he's such a such a nice guy and so good at his job and just made shooting Atlanta kind of one of the best jobs I've ever worked on if I'm honest so for you what would you say was the biggest challenge of this season or any of the episodes um I think one of our biggest challenges boring as it may sound was shooting in COVID we had a lot of challenges there um one of the challenges well there was lots of challenges in each episode to be honest but that's kind of what made it so interesting one of the biggest challenges in old man and the tree was being able to find a billionaire's mansion for fernando's fernando and to build nando's into it build a nando's restaurant and also link it to a decoy house and uh we we probably scouted about 40 houses before we found the right house and then within that I had to build actually build a part of the decoy house in the billionaire's mansion so that they could actually come out of what looked like the decoy house so that was our kind of linking bridge um but yeah it was quite a tricky one because on paper it kind of read it, it was unusual even on paper but it when you write something it's kind of easier than actually making it happen so in the script the guys go through this decoy house and they go uh outside into a courtyard and then suddenly they're in a billionaire's mansion and we couldn't quite get that to work exactly so we had them going up some stairs in the decoy house and then through a door and then the door leads into the mansion um that's how we got around that one but yeah it was uh, really that had a lot of challenges that episode and also being able to create a tree that paperboy can take a chainsaw to as well that also looks like it had lived there for hundreds of years i was going to ask did you find a house with a tree in it or was that totally separate? well it's a funny story we, we it was totally separate we built we we hired a tree and we added some bits to it and we put that within the garden of this mansion but once we were there we then found out that the house was built by um a famous architect for the american ambassador back in the 50s i think or 40s and they actually built the house around some fir trees so <laughs> it's kind of you know life is imitating art in a way uh so it was it was really it's interesting to to find that out but uh obviously the tree the trees that they built around the house weren't where we wanted them so we had to completely stage that well and so what which tree got the chainsaw then was <laughs> that a totally separate one then too yeah yeah so that was a prop tree it was made of fiberglass um and then we actually put some we actually built a wooden insert into the fiberglass so that a chainsaw could go into it but then obviously for safety reasons uh Brian is not holding a real chainsaw it's a chainsaw without teeth 
and then we had this special effect rig that blew wood chippings through it so that it looks like there was wood chippings coming out when he was cutting the tree because it would be too dangerous to uh, to give him a real chainsaw. Also, because of COVID restrictions, there was more restrictions on permitting in London and probably in Amsterdam as well than there would normally have been. So, yes, lots of logistics to figure out, um, particularly when, you know, we want to film in very public areas. That's always difficult. And then in like things like the airport in Sinterklaas at the beginning, where Ern is in Copenhagen, um, we almost shot in a real airport. And only because of COVID, we were able to even consider that because normally you can't go anywhere near an airport. Um, but actually we ended up shooting, we kind of created an airport in a cruise terminal in Amsterdam. Oh, like a port. It, yes, exactly. Yeah, it was a like a cruise port. And so it was this huge airport-sized building, and we kind of bought all our airport dressing into it. Um, anything that you want to mention that you, uh, especially like, like I said with the Easter eggs, anything that has been slipped in there that you're like, I can't wait for someone to spot that? I mean, there were so many little bits that I loved, but I know I've probably missed something. Yeah, I mean, you may have spotted it. One that springs to mind was when Van steals a little sculpture from Fernando's house. She has it set in front of her when she's eating on her own in the restaurant at the end of the episode. I did not see that. But I mean, like, even the whole Alexander Skarsgård thing, like, I thought you were going to say that and like, just <laughs> all those little bits. That was, um, and then for them... Ah, like, I'm just thinking about her on the scooter. Like that was such a well done shot. And like, did did they have to learn how to be on these scooters? Because Paris driving is not fun. Yeah, yeah, they did, and um, they had some scooter lessons. And some of the shots where they were driving was kind of in a controlled space where there was no other cars on the road. Very well done, sir. That, especially the Amsterdam trip, will, uh, I don't know that I'm done unpacking what it did up here for for at least me or or Tarar. Um, oh, I have to ask you that before I let you go. Because sure. especially when they have, when they're in the, the Candyman location, where was that? When they're outside and the the three guys start walking out to them, you hear the kid yell "Tarar" from the building. That yeah. was yeah. We we shot it very very early one morning because um, it gets kind of busy, let's say, with people and um, maybe a bit sketchy. So we wanted mm -hmm. to kind of get in and out early, and uh, yeah, that was all shot in Paris. But that was. Amazing because then, and I have to assume, was that practical that there was a subway stop right there? So, like, you can no, we built that. No. <laughs> oh. But I mean, there was, so there was there was an area that looked like it was stairs down to a subway. So, on you know, on the face of it, it looked exactly like a subway entrance, and we put a subway sign there, but it, it wasn't a subway entrance. That was so well done, though. What a what a beautiful shot then, because you see her in the background running towards it and them in the foreground. 
Well done. Well, Jonathan, thank you again for making the time today and for answering so many of the questions that have been burning with me. I really appreciate it. All Not right. at all. Had a great time. Thank you.